Hey, everybody. Adam Rank here. Before we get to the coaches show, allow me to talk to you a little bit about FanDuel.com. If you're like me, your fantasy season is over, or so you thought. FanDuel.com is the leader in one-week fantasy football leagues. Matt Nichols from Ohio turned a $25 deposit into over $25,000 playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him and the hundreds and thousands of other users who have already won money. This is a pretty cool idea. FanDuel is giving you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code COACHES. Don't forget, use the code COACHES. Don't miss out on all the fantasy football you can handle. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot C-O-M. Sign up today. This is NFL.com's Coaches Show Podcast. 40 men together can't lose. This is why you lift all them weights. Everybody's grabbing out there. Nobody's caught them. And now we're going. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Welcome to the Coaches Show. I'm Brian Billick, joined by Steve Mariucci. And uh, this gets fun, Steve, this time of year with a dash for the cash. That's what we always used to call December. And some big defining games. Let's begin with the number one game on the radar for you that you came away with yesterday. Wow, there's a lot of them. But the one that interests me from afar was that Rams game. You know, they're not in the playoff chase. And they shut out their opponent now. Two weeks in a row, Brian. That hasn't happened there in 60-some years, right? And they go over to Washington and shut these guys out after having shut out the Oakland Raiders 52 to nothing. And this team keeps fighting for Jeff. And, and we both know Jeff. And they, they have quarterback problems and, you know, this and that. But this team now has really taken advantage of the draft choices they've made and the, the acquisitions. And the Rams are fighting, and they're going to serve as the spoilers because this team right now can beat anybody. I was really impressed with the Rams. Yeah, what did you think in, in the, in the uh, coin toss? Jeff Fisher <laughs> sending out all the so, guys that they got in the trade with the, the RG3. What do you think of that? I didn't know what to think. I, yeah. I, I went, what did they do? Oh, they sent out this Brockers and uh-huh, Norris uh-huh. Jenkins and, and, and Robinson and all these guys. And I went, so that RG3 sitting over there on the bench, he's not starting. He's feeling bad about this anyway. But this is, I didn't know if I should laugh because I thought it was kind of funny, entertaining. Or if like, wow, what was that all about? But oh my God, I mean, this is, uh, now whether this turns into another Herschel Walker trade kind of thing, yeah, you know, know. that really, I don't know, but... I don't know what I thought. I don't know what to think. What'd you think? I thought it was bush league. Yeah, yeah, a struggle. Just remember, the Rams are a losing team. Okay, so it's not like you're yeah. you're burning up the league against, and you know the way Washington's going. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't real impressed with it. I didn't think a lot. Yeah, of it. it was it was it was surprising to everybody. I su- I suppose, but I don't know. Hey, uh, he's for, got them playing right. You know, you know me. It's it's all about signature road wins. And for me, what what New England did, we know they're the best team in the AFC. I think we know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and after a loss, uh, a really tight uh, road loss to the Green Bay Packers, they come out to the West Coast, stay the whole week. That's a real tough sell, right? Hey, guys, how about we spend the week in San Diego before we go play the Chargers rather than go back to New England? But And the Chargers team coming off a big win against Baltimore on the road. I thought what they did, and Tom Brady, you know, he's back to his uh, having to throw the ball up 44 times. They did what they had to do to win. They held San Diego uh, to barely over 200 yards that defense did. I, I just thought this was 
for lack of another signature road win may be very telling for this New England Patriot team. No doubt, but i got to ask you a question. Would you ever go move your team for a week and practice uh, at the opposing site like they did to San Diego? We did that. We actually we did it in did? San Diego. You know, and and uh, well, and we got some nice restaurants. No, that you well, know about you know, the truth of the matter is, the hurricane was coming in. If a hurricane, whatever, oh, was going to oh, hit the East okay. Coast, so we left on different. Tuesday. We, like I said, it was a real hard sell to the guys. Going, well, you know, you want to go to San Diego for the week? You want to stay here and 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 deal with yeah, the hurricane? I can I can see hurricane coming. Okay, that's an easy one, but but I don't know to go from great. You know, and I know Jim Harbaugh has done it right. on the East Coast and all that, but me personally. I want to get on that plane. I don't care if I'm it's a five or six. Uh, and get my butt home. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to have everything routine-ish. Like, you know, right. even though I know I got to travel long distance, you know, the day before the game or whatever that is, I don't know if I'd ever take my yeah, team Yeah, the, the disruption of the, the preparation, but uh, but it worked. So, uh, you know, so it far, sure worked. yeah, it goes from yeah. there. Uh, I got what, another game. Yeah, give me another one. I got another game. I know where you're going, too. Oh, you're guessing I'm going to go Seahawks because Absolutely. I'm impressed with the champs. I'm impressed with those champs. I'm just oh saying my gosh. because they, you know, they they had some injuries. They lost a bunch of guys before the season started, and they started off a little helter skelter. But this team now is showing why they are the champs. They beat down Philly like nobody's business. It wasn't even a game. Forget about that score. It was not indicative of how 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 much they dominated this game 28 first downs to nine come on 440 yards to 139 come on this was this is the beat down of the year and it was in philly again philly is a playoff team Absolutely. they're a very good team and and this defense with seattle is terrific they do enough things on offense i love russell wilson this is a very well-coached team. I don't care how much gum Pete Carroll chews, man. This is a well-coached team, and that this was an impressive statement by the champs. Well, this to me, this was the game for the heart and soul of the direction of the NFL. You know, the wide-open spread, a lot of plays versus ball control, run the ball, play good defense of the, of the Seattle Seahawks, and, and not to be critical of Chip Kelly, because I'm going to write about it this Wednesday, as what does it say about the Chip Kelly offense? Is, has it been exposed? No, they're a good football thought, team, but they got a quarterback that at the end of the day, we know what Mark Sanchez is, and no disrespect to Mark Sanchez, but you know, I don't think that's an indictment because everybody's saying, well, the Chip Kelly system, you can make anything out of any quarterback. Well, no, you can't. I thought the most telling play was Marshawn Lynch fumbles, you get a little breath of life, and Mark Sanchez turns around and throws an interception. I thought when you said, I'm going to write a new book about the uh, spread offense. No, that's no, what, no. That's what I yeah, I that's what I need to do. That. You know, no, like no, you did no, with no, Bill no. Wal- You and Bill Walsh got together. So, um, I don't know. I think maybe this uh, Chip Kelly offense got humbled a little yes, bit. Yes, it know, did. Because we know about how fast-tempo it is every 21 seconds and all that kind of thing. Uh, but you're not when you're not making first downs, you forget about right. it, right? Your punter shows up a lot. And so um, I started this rumor last week, and I'm, it's still a rumor. It's just, just like, what do you think about RG3 over there in Philly running that spread offense? I'm just saying that. I'm just throwing yeah, that yeah. out. Yeah, he may have the option the way things are going. You're right. I don't. And Chip <laughs> but, Kelly's been disdainful of because we're all kind of old school coaches. I don't care about time of possession. I don't care. Fine. They had it for 42 minutes. You had it for 18. You got your butt whipped. Time of possession is a factor. I got to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers because that Pittsburgh Steelers team we saw at Cincinnati 
can go in and beat New England if they play like that. That was unbelievable in terms of, first, the physicality. you got to love Le'Veon Bell. They ran oh. – I mean, it was total over 500 total yards of offense. Ran for close to 195 yards. Roethlisberger was brilliant, three touchdowns. When they play like this, they can beat anybody in the AFC. The problem is – they could turn around next week and, and just flop around and look terrible again. But this team that in a division game went in and beat Cincinnati is as good as any team in the NFL right now if they play like that. On game day morning, I, I, I talked about all this and said that they have their version of the Steelers triplets. You know, Big Ben uh, is sixth in the league in passer rating, and he can be very, very good. We all know that. And then you got Antonio Brown, who leads the league in receiving yards, okay? And then you've got this Le'Veon Bell kid. I did a libero uh, last night on Le'Veon Bell running the football. Brian, they ran counter tray. It wasn't pulling the backside tackle. It was pulling the backside tight end along with David DeCastro about 700 times, and Cincinnati couldn't stop it. Yeah. It was gash after gash after gash with Le'Veon Bell. I couldn't believe my eyes. There, there was no adjustments made, really, to stop that particular play. And so you're right. If this, if this Pittsburgh Steeler offense continues to be as explosive as they are, that defense just needs to hang on. Hang on, and they can beat somebody. But they're yeah. so up and down. They're, they're we'll one see. Achilles heel defensively because they are young, and Dick LeBeau's doing all that he can. They do give up a lot of big plays. They, they've got to cut that down. If they cannot give up as many big plays as they've given, that offense is playing well enough. If they'll go forward, because we know this Pittsburgh team is capable of turning around next week and just throwing three interceptions and not running for anything. But yeah. very, very impressive. Well, I'll tell you, another impressive road win was for Ron Rivera and the Carolina Panthers going into New Orleans. We had a chance, or I had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Ron Rivera. Carolina is taking the opening drive and scored. Wide open in the end zone. Dives, reaches, touchdown. Coach, congratulations on a great win. I, as you know, I did a bunch of your games last year. I think I did six of them and was there when you had that big road win against San Francisco. But clearly, way from, from where I'm sitting, this looks like the most impressive road win you've had. You know what it is, Coach. I think the one thing that really you, you think about more than anything else is opportunities. You know, we had a couple opportunities this year to play well. We really didn't. But now I think we've kind of come together. We, we've got an offensive line that really has played together for the first time two games in a row. And you really saw the results of that. Well, and the fact that you did it not only on the road, but you did it in New Orleans, in the Dome, obviously a divisional game, someone you're very familiar with. No one knows better how tough it is to go into that environment and play the way you did, not just win the game, but physically dominate the game. That had to, be very, that had to feel very good. It did, you know, because we struggled so much this year with our line play on the offensive side. I thought defensively the guys got after them really well. I was real pleased with that. And then I thought our young secondary played very well. The, uh, um, it was interesting after the game, typically, particularly this late in the season, and, and we've all done that in terms of saying victory Monday, you don't have to come in. You didn't give them a victory Monday. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think the one thing is we've got to keep our focus. You know, some good things have happened in the last couple of weeks. We've run the ball well. We've played solid defense. And I wanted to keep that momentum going. So I thought bringing the guys in, keeping it, is you, you know, the, 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 the normal – um, routine. I thought that was important. 
You know, it was during the game there was an unfortunate incident where things tempers flared, you know, and on both sides and obviously given the magnitude of the game and obviously the frustration clearly on New Orleans side. And Cam was involved with kind of an innocent enough start, you know, where he just kind of accidentally ran into Cameron Jordan. I was watching the game and then it escalated. Talk about how you get something like that under control and what you say to your team, what you say to your leader after an incident like that. Well, I think the biggest thing, more so than anything, was the fact that once it started, his teammates came to his rescue. I mean, when you see the players rallying around their quarterback, I think that says a lot about who he is for the team, and I was glad to see that. Now, I'll pull him aside and say, hey, you got to be aware of your surroundings. But for the most part, I was just glad to see the way the guys stood up for themselves, stood their ground, and backed each other. Spoken like a true linebacker. I knew, I knew that was <laughs> – but I want to – last year in, in the – I think it had six-year games, and, and there was clearly – the relationship you have with Cam Newton is clearly one as a mentor. I saw any number of times on the sideline, good and bad, when something would happen, you would you would have contact with him, and 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 not in a you weren't scolding him or anything like that, but it would be almost a, hey, we talked about this or a reminder. Talk about that relationship as a head coach with your star player at quarterback. Well, you know the, the interesting about Cam is he listens. He, people don't think he's listening sometimes, but he hears everything you say. And he takes it to heart. So I'm very fortunate in that respect. Uh, I think that there's, there's moments that you go to him, you let him go, or you do have something to say because he does listen and he'll take the heart. He'll do exactly what you ask, and he'll go back out there and he'll try and make things right. You know, obviously the running game got cranked up. Cam himself had 12 carries for 83 yards. I know having been with you a number of times, and I know Mike Shula, you want to keep the pitch count reasonable for Cam. You don't want to expose your quarterback to that. You guys had always talked about, look, we're going to do four or five of those quarterback power plays, and the rest will come organically. But obviously going on the road, big game, if you got to run them 12 times, you'll run them 12 times. Well, you know, the interesting situation was we had about three or four third shorts that we went with him. Down the goal line, we went with him because, you know, in, in, in this zone read type of scheme, you can't count for the quarterback because it's always one-on-one with him in a safety. And, and that's really what you want because, you know, 6'6", 255 pounds, right. he's usually going to win. Yeah, he can fall forward for a first down just without <laughs> a whole lot of effort. Coach, you are in a division. Everybody's making, you know, uh, Atlanta and here, even though you've struggled a little bit this year, you're one game out. Talk about holding the mindset for your team. Even though the record is what it is, we've always said, you know, you are who you are. Your record mm-hmm. says who you are. But you're still in the thick of the NFC South race. Talk about how you talk to your team about that. Well, you know, a few weeks ago, I think we got ahead of ourselves. So what we've done is we've gone back to the one-game mentality. We only talked about New Orleans. Now we're only talking about Tampa Bay. I think the most important thing is to stay focused on the task at hand, not get ahead of ourselves. Play each game individually and then let the chips fall when they. But still, making sure they understand, and they do. They see it. They're they're not. They mm-hmm. don't. You don't put them. You know, lock them away in a locker at night, and then open them back up in the morning and bring them out. But but do you do the things to remind them, guys? We're still right here. I know our record isn't what we want it to be, but we're still right here with our number one goal. Absolutely. You know, I think I talked to these guys a couple times about me myself personally, as a coordinator in San Diego, as a player in Chicago, having been in this type of situation where an eight and eight team went to the playoffs and had success. Coach, we really appreciate it. Thanks for the time that you spent with us. All right, appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, that was a huge win for Coach Rivera. As I said, I, I, I did their game last year where they beat San Francisco in San Francisco, probably his biggest win as a head coach on the road to that point. But, you know, in the division, in New Orleans, in the Superdome, that was in a beatdown. 
That was a beatdown. Well, let's it talk about uh, the big uh, subject of the day again. Um, here we go again. You know, Johnny Manziel, is he going to start in Cleveland? <laughs> Mike Pettin today in his news conference said he has not yet made that decision. Now, he didn't go as far. We, we chastised Coach Pettin last week about saying, look, you're setting it up the wrong way. You're going to have a problem. He just said, we're going to discuss this out as a staff and we'll address it at a later time. So he didn't make the mistake that he made last week in saying, well, we'll tell you on Wednesday. Uh, but they they've got to go with Johnny Manziel, don't they? I mean, what 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 do you what what's the upside of waiting on Brian Hoyer now? Well, if he if he runs the table, maybe they get in they get in the playoffs, and they haven't done that in twelve years. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, first, if I know Mike's listening, um, he's he's got to not say anything until game. This let it be a game time decision because you want the opponent to worry about you know. Who do I prepare for? Do I have a running quarterback like Manziel? Do I have a, a guy that's, uh, you know, a typical guy like a Brian Hoyer? I wouldn't even make an announcement. I would just do business as usual and just let them worry about it. But, you know, if Brian Hoyer, if the defense would have come up one more time with a stop, you know, Andrew Luck went 90 yards to win that game at the end, and the defense was playing terrific, right? Um, scored two touchdowns to help the offense out. And it's not been Brian Hoyer's doing. He's not been very productive. We all know that. But if they'd have won and stayed in playoff contention, I'd say you stay with Brian Hoyer. Now I'm, I'm very open-minded for them to make the switch, get a spark. It's at home. The dog pound will be going crazy. So let's just see if, if, uh, if Manziel gives them a spark, helps them win a, a, a rivalry kind of a game against the Bengals. So I'm, I'm open-minded to playing Manziel this week. Is yep. Is this a possible to me? I'm I'm going to be conspiracy theorist here. I, I don't. Mm. Yeah, you to me. I'm not sure going with Manziel, and I'm on record. We've already talked. About, I don't care for Johnny Manziel. I don't care for his character, his ability. I don't think translates into the NFL on a, on a consistent level. However, we know what we get out of Brian Hoyer. Mm-hmm. Is if we don't go to Manziel, is it a bit of an indictment? Going, hey, we don't think this guy can play. Yeah, maybe. You know what? You know what uh, Joe Thomas said this week. He said if if they would have gone to Manziel last week, it, it would appear that they're in some ways thrown in the towel for this year and in in, in in preparing for next year for the future. Whereas if they stay with the guy, the incumbent uh, who got them to playoff contention, it appears like hey, we're trying to go to the playoffs this year. And there's a little bit of truth to that. I can see where he's coming from. But uh, you know, only they, Brian. You know this. Only they know how well Manziel's been practicing, how much he gets it in meetings. You know what I mean? Can he talk, uh, you know, like a quarterback talks? Has he been behaving? Is he doing all the right things that say he deserves a shot? He's, he's, he's given his all for this organization. He deserves a shot. Only they know for sure if that's happening. And, and maybe, hey, maybe he hadn't deserved a shot up until now. Well, on the lack of what Hoyer has done, I think a component, too, is the teammates. They may love Brian Hoyer, the guy, but part of it, the lack of productivity has got to go in. Yeah, we love the guy. Yeah. You, know, yeah. I, I, you know, I love my son-in-law, but I don't want him playing quarterback for me, you know, because <laughs> there's a limited upside to that. So, well, let's move on to another quarterback dilemma. I love the way we overreact. 
I find it fascinating because in Denver, I was talking to Steve Weiss who was at the game. Everybody's all at Twitter in Denver. Oh, my God, what's wrong with Peyton Manning? Rather than, you know what? We run the ball pretty good now. That's good. You know, we're trying yeah. to develop that long term. Now now it's a, no, no, you're doing it because Peyton Manning's he's like we did Tom Brady in the first two games of the season. There's something wrong with Peyton Manning. He's over the hill. We're in trouble. He can't play anymore. <laughs> I don't know that I buy into that. Well, you know what? His streak of 51 games with a touchdown is over. What, what should we do? Just bench him? I mean, yeah, what, yeah he's a bomb. Get rid that's, of him. Ah. That's a problem, though. I see a trend here. Um, you know what? He didn't throw for as many yards. We know that. Buffalo's Bills defense is better than we all think. And, and that's it. Peyton Manning is very capable of throwing six touchdowns against anybody anytime. He's still that good. And so, uh, you know, he's got a couple of games now that are, that are, you know, below his standards. But so what? Are they 10-3, and three, Brian? Yeah. Are they 10-3? and three? How about that? We're talking about quarterback competency here? Oh, my here? God, yeah. I, you know, it's and I think, I think it's sizing up perfect for them because they're showing they can. We talked about it before. I did a bit on Playbook on Friday about, well, I like what they're doing. This isn't just number checking the box now and running. They are calling and running runs with no check no, whatsoever, and that's good because when they really need that, if they should have to go on the road, if they should have to go into New England and crank that part of the offense up, that's, uh, that's all good to me. Well, Brian, he's not, Peyton's not playing in the Dome over there in Indianapolis anymore. You're playing in Denver against some teams. Even when you go on the road to Foxborough, wherever, it's cold and it's windy and it's harder to throw, and you've got to have the run game, and you will have – games that are difficult throwing the ball especially outside the numbers so the run game is so important for this team yeah they've been through a bunch of backs and the cj anderson man to, to find that guy out of cal last year was a godsend but uh you know you're going to find that the old man winner plays an important role in slowing down quarterbacks at times you must run the ball well, let's move on to another on the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, you're up there. you you got to tell me. I've watched every bit of this game. It, it was a disaster. San Francisco going across the bay to Oakland. Colin Kaepernick, you know, people, is he regressing? I, I don't see any coaching going on with Colin Kaepernick, uh, whether it's the environment, the question about Jim Harbaugh coming back, uh, Greg Roman under uh, pressure as the offensive coordinator. I don't see any conversation. I don't see any rapport between him and Joe, Jim Harbaugh. I, uh, boy, I'm, I'm seriously, and I'm a huge Colin Kaepernick fan, but, boy, this thing is, this is ugly. You, I mean, you, you have no idea, Brian. Uh, up here, I mean, everybody's talking about it because, to, you know, to, now to lose to a 1-11 Raider team, right. okay, and not just lose, they were beat down in every phase. They were outplayed in every phase, all right? by a team that just got shut out 52 to nothing, all right? And so I've, my phone has been kind of blown up a little bit here about, you know, the local radio stations and TVs. They want to talk about Kaepernick. They want to talk about Jim Harbaugh's future. And it's like, I want to st- try to stay away from some of that stuff. And, and it's, um, it's a shame because, you know what? This is a talented team. Now, yeah, pro bowlers galore. Now, they've had a couple of the suspensions and a couple injuries and all that. But this team's in a tailspin on offense. Vic Fangio's done a great job with that defense, really, for the most part. But I, I don't know why, with the offensive line that they have, with the weapons that they have to run the ball and to throw the ball with those receivers, um, Cap's not really getting it done consistently. His last two games are, you know, 54% completions and 147 yards. 
you know, Brian Hoyer's better than that. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, I, what, I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if their coaches know exactly what the reason is. They, are, they just know that the production is not there on a consistent basis. It's not even up there once in a while. No. You know, they're, they're routinely pretty below average. And to me, it goes back to you just the commitment to going, look, we're going we're gonna to mentor this kid to throw the ball from the pocket. Uh, it may not be the best profile to win, and maybe they can do that going forward. Uh, he needs better than – he needs 550 throws on a year to learn because I think it's in him. It really is. But I, I just – I don't think – I don't see him learning or growing within the pocket, the ability to operate out of a pocket. We know he can do the other things. It's uh, – yeah, I, I think he's going backward. You would think Jim Harbaugh at the very least would go – how about this for a pregame locker room speech for your team? Guys, mm. let's go out. We need to kick the you-know-what out of the, out of the Oakland – Raiders, because I want that first overall pick when I take the Raider job next year. Think? <laughs> yeah, keep stirring it up, will you? <laughs> keep stirring it up. Yeah, you know what? They, they, well, and if that happened, they wouldn't need a quarterback because that Derek Carr How about that? is a – I love that guy, you know, and, and he's playing with a team that's just trying to get it figured out, and they're playing hard, and they're, that was a beatdown now yesterday. And, and, and I didn't see – I don't think anybody saw that coming. And the, and the Niners had a long week to prepare for it, you know. And, and uh, the Raiders came off a 52 to nothing shell-shocking, which really should have had, had everybody, gentlemen, start your engines. You know when the guys tap out, when they start thinking about, oh, my God, what am I going to do here? Uh, how am I going to pack my apartment up and get out of here because there's only a couple games left and we're eliminated mathematically? <laughs> that didn't happen, man. That was a beatdown. Yeah, and they got to go play that Seattle Seahawks team we just talked about. And oh my gosh, this thing could be bad in biblical terms. Well, you got to come back next week, and Mooch and I'll talk about that game and a whole lot more next week on the Coaches Show. <laughs>